Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 7. Now the serpent was more subtle than any piece of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sold fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Now the question we want to ask ourselves that we are asking ourselves is how did the devil, how did Satan succeed in convincing Adam and Eve to actually disobey God's clear, strong, forceful, emphatic and absolute command. You remember when we read Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, God said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. The Bible says, God told them. And God emphatically said that for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. We have seen in the past how emphatic that is, how inescapable that is. And the question is, how did the devil get Adam and Eve to disobey God despite this emphatic, inescapable command of God that says, if you eat it in dying, you will die. Because this is important for us to understand why this happened. Because the devil is still using the same trick today. So the first thing you need to notice is that Satan did not force headlong contradict God's command and ask Eve that Eve should eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That approach will have failed miserably. That approach will have failed outrightly. What we saw in our last teaching is that what Satan did for us is to subtly attack and slander the character of God. That was the first thing the devil did. And this is a trick that every lawyer knows to use against witness that come against their client. Now, if a lawyer knows that there is a witness that is very key and that the evidence that that witness is going to give is key and that there is no way he can refute the evidence, what most lawyer will do is to assassinate the character of the witness and therefore, therefore cause doubt on the veracity of their evidence. Even if the evidence of that witness is necessary for the case, but once they can succeed in slandering the character, in assassinating the character of the witness, they've cast doubt on their evidence. And that was exactly what the devil did. Remember what we are saying? The devil was smart enough to know that he cannot headlong ask Adam and Eve to eat 
of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of evil. What it did first was to first of all attack and slander the character of God. And how did the devil set about accomplishing this? So let's take a closer look at this conversation between Satan or between the serpent, which we know is speaking on behalf of the devil and Eve. Now let's go back. And this is what Satan through the serpent told Eve. And the serpent said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Weekly Bible put it this way. Why commanded God to you that you shall not eat of each tree of paradise? And we were looking at this, the subtlety of the devil here, that the devil here was questioning God's integrity and God's goodness. He was slandering the character of God. He was questioning God's integrity. He was questioning God's goodness. The reason for that is so that he can sow the seed of doubt and rebellion against God and contaminate and poison the mind of Adam and Eve against God. He wanted them to disobey God. That is the end game. He wanted them to disobey God. But for him to do that, he knows that he has to weaken their trust in God first for him to be able to get them to do what he wants them to do. So the first thing he did was to question God's integrity, was to question God's goodness in order that he can sow this seed of doubt. He can sow this seed of rebellion against God in their heart and by so doing contaminate and poison the mind of Adam and Eve against God. Now, how did he do it? He did this by distorting the fact. And this is very, very important. So what he told Eve was, so God actually said, and we look at that in previous teachings. So I'm not going to go through all that again. Essentially what he was saying is that why will God command you to not to eat of each tree of paradise? I wonder why. What is God's motive? Is God's motive, is God's intention altogether honest? That is what the devil was saying. Is this not restrictive? Is this not harsh on you? He was telling Eve. Is God not keeping something good away from you? That was, that was the thought that was behind what the devil was saying, as God said. He was sowing that seed of doubt. Once he succeeded in doing that, <laughs> the rest of the job was easy. Of their own volition, they disobeyed God. The devil did not first take their hand to take the fruit. Once he was able to slander the character of God, once he was able to sow the seed of doubt and rebellion, once he was able to poison and contaminate their mind against God, the rest was easy. They went ahead and actually ate the fruit that God expressly told them and clearly told them and emphatically told them not to eat. Eve detected the first lie, Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 to 3. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve rightly detected a falsehood in what the devil said. Because the devil said, as God asked you not to eat of every tree, that's not what God said. But this is the way when people want to slander people's character, they mix things up, truth with lies. But Eve was quick to discover that and Eve tried to correct the serpent. 
You see, when people have ulterior motive, they don't want to be corrected. Okay, they are not there for you to have a conversation. They are not interested in talking about truth. They have an agenda that they want to push. If try to correct the serpent, try to expose the devil and say, no, God did not tell us not to eat of every fruit of the garden. There's only one that God told us not to eat. But there's something that if added, if said that God said you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. The fact is that when God gave them the commandment, God did not expressly prohibit them from touching the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But however, one could argue that this was implied in the command. Because when Eve was talking about touching, he was talking about touching as to pluck it off the tree and to take it in your hand. And really, you don't want to do that since God told you not to eat it. So if God told us not to eat it, why do we want to touch it? Why do we want to touch it in the sense of plucking it off the tree, in the sense of holding it into our hand? Don't we say that what you don't want to eat, you don't want to smell, isn't it? God told us not to eat it. And therefore, we are not going to touch it. So there's a sense in which you could probably agree with Eve here that even though God did not expressly tell them not to touch the fruit, you could argue that it was implicit in that command. Because if we are not going to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we should not really be playing with it. We should not really be fondling with it. We should not really be touching it. We should not really be focusing on it. And I believe that actually that is a message that we could all learn. That if, you know, a whole lot of people often play the game of brinksmanship. When people, especially in the area of sex and sexuality, people will say, how far is too far? I'm always surprised. When people want to know how far can they go before they really sin. So there is, there's a sense in here in which we should give it up to Eve. And we can learn something from this, that if God tells us not to do something, the question is not how far can we go, you know, how, 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 long, how long can we touch before it becomes sin? How close can we stand before it becomes sin? That should not be the question that we should be asking. If God tells us, to abstain from evil. If God tells us to flee from every appearances of evil, we should not be playing a brinksmanship game of asking ourselves how you know, far can we go. We should be staying away from it. Every appearances, every smell of evil, we should be staying away from it. So I would definitely give Eve a positive here. Praise the Lord. But there's another thing than Eve then said. Eve said, God told us, neither, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Some have detected a weakness here because that the phrase there can actually be translated as paradventure you die or lest perhaps you die. Lest you die. That word less is a word that is that oftentimes implies doubt. It's a word that oftentimes implies paradventure. Compared to what God told them, when God gave them that command, you shall surely die. In dying, you shall die. God's command was very strong. However, the word used is not always to be understood. 
to mean doubting because sometimes that word is used in the Bible to indicate the normal cause of an event. So we cannot, you know, dogmatically say that what Eve said means that she was doubting. It may mean that if we just simply say that God told us not to touch it, not to eat it, that if we eat it, that the normal cause of things will be that we will die. Either way, one thing we can say here is that Eve did not strongly emphasize the repercussion of disobedience as God did. What is striking here is that Eve did not strongly emphasize the repercussion of disobedience as God did. And we are going to compare this with the devil because actually you can compare this with the force of Satan's reply. And this is where it is important. So Satan made the first move. Eve made the second move. Eve said, no, 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 no. We can, we can eat of every fruit, tree, fruit of the trees in the garden. It is just this one tree we cannot eat. And we are not even allowed to touch it. Okay? Because if we eat of it, we will die. But I want you to see the force of Satan's reply. Remember the force of God's command. And let us see the force of Satan's reply. Let's read that again in Genesis chapter 3 verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. And this is where it is very, very important. God emphatically said in Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. It was emphatic. It was inescapable. It was forceful what God said. Dying, you will die. When Eve reported it, it was not emphatic. It was just, we will die. But we can see here that Satan directly counter and contradict God also emphatically. And this is very important. Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 again, you shall not surely die. Compare that to Eve's less emphatic reply, lest you die. And this is very, very important. This is the shift among Satan's asana, the neutralization of the fear of God. Now this is where I'm going with this. The neutralization of the fear of God. God said, the day you eat of it, you will die. It is emphatic. It is inescapable. Satan came and emphatically said, you will not surely die. You will not surely die. So what the devil has done here is to neutralize the fear of God. And this is one of the chief weapons. This is one of the chief arsenal that the devil used in deceiving men and causing them to disobey God. When he neutralizes the fear of God, when our God is not a God that we fear. You know, we've, we've, we've done a series of teaching on the fear of the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you've not been part of it, to go back and have a listening to it. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The reverent and watchful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and the choice part of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is insight and understanding. So this is, this is where we're looking here as it were, 
at the progression, the way by which the devil eroded the confidence that Adam and Eve has in God and lower their, their threshold, their standard, and make them to be able to disobey and rebel against the emphatic, strong, powerful commandment of God. Let us then move this forward because this is very, very important. So God said emphatically, don't do it. Eve said, well, God told us not to do it. Satan coming and emphatically said that you will not die. And by so doing, neutralizing, as it were, the fear of the Lord. I know I'm repeating that, but this heart is very, very, very important. Let us read the rest of Satan's counter-reply to Eve, and we'll take all this together. I'm going to read the whole thing now. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And Satan said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. <laughs> right. There's a lot that we will need to unpack there, but I'm going to end today by reading a comment that Alistair Payne gave about this portion of Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 5 in his book, The First Chapters of Everything. You remember I mentioned this gentleman in my previous teaching. It's one of the resource books that I'm using for this part of the series. So, Alasdair Payne commented on Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 5 in his book, The First Chapters of Everything. He said we could put the serpent's words like this. I'm quoting now. We could put the serpent's word like this. God is bluffing when it threatens dire consequences in eating this fruit. There will in fact be no death, no evil consequences. For the truth is that eating from the tree will actually bring benefits, which God wants, as the spoiled spot he is, to keep for himself. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is why he threatens death. He doesn't want you to have all this extra knowledge. But let me tell you, God's threat is entirely idle. Wow. Isn't the devil saying that to us today in various ways and various fashion? We have tamed God. We, many people today are serving a God that is tamed, a God of our own making, a God that we can rough shadow around, a God that will allow us to get away with everything, a God that is just a grandfather, a God that will allow us to do whatever we want to do. I will say it again. This is the shift among Satan's arsenal, the neutralization of the fear of God. And we begin to see the step by step by step that the devil took to wear down if resolve and make them disobey God's express command. Remember what we said, if the devil has come straight head on and said, eat the fruit, nothing, nothing will happen. They will not do it. That, will, that, will, that, that was destined to fail. But first of all, he started slandering the character of God. He started sowing doubt into their mind. He started sowing the seed of rebellion into their mind. He started contaminating their mind against God. And now 
he started opposing the word that God has spoken to them. And he started neutralizing the fear of God. Now, I'm going to stop here today because there are a couple of things that we still need to talk about. But I want you to see that this is still the way that the enemy works today. But the Bible says we must not be ignorant of his devices. We must understand how to stand against the 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 wiles the Bible calls it of the devil. So we're going to come back again and take it off from there, from here. Remember where what we are doing? We are looking at what happened in the fall, and we are taking lesson. Okay, because we are still passing through. We are not Adam, obviously, we are not Eve, but this is the same technique, this is the same way, this is the same arsenal, this is the same weapon, this is the same tool that the devil is still using today and is using to damn the soul of men to hell. And I'm trusting the Lord that if you are listening to me today, you will not allow the devil to deceive you, to tell you that there's no God, to tell you there's no hell, to tell you, look, you know, if God is good, you know, it will not, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something, that's a lie. Because God is good, because there is hell, because there is judgment, God has created for us a way out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, so that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is given unto man and to woman to die once, and after that judgment. This is the time that we can repent. If we die without Christ, then we spend eternity without him. I'm trusting today that you will listen to God, that you will run to him. God is a consuming fire, but His grace is available now. You will run to Him and ask Him for help, for salvation. I will give it to you. Just bow down your head. Admit that you are a sinner. You can't save yourself. Ask Jesus to be your Savior. And He will come in and save you. He will be your God and your Father. And when this is over, you will spend eternity with Him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.